Attention all units, make a podcast, the SAFD Heat Podcast. Start now. From beautiful downtown San Antonio, deep in the belly of the beast at Public Safety Headquarters, this is SAFD Heat. Here is your host, Woody. And we are back with episode number two of SAFD Heat. I'm joined uh, by my co-host and sometimes partner and sometimes friend, Joe, Joe Arrington, who is not buried in Cologne today at the request of one of our guests. So we'll, <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll let's get, talk we'll, about was able to follow that scent. We <laughs> Uh, we do have two special guests today. Uh, we have uh, Stuart Henriksen from uh, Wildland Fire and Josh Franson, uh, medical officer. So the premise of this month's episode, and I want both of you all to tell me what you think of this. So for the field, we want them to understand that these shows are going to be based on feedback that we get. So... If we don't hear from you, we're going to make decisions based on the people that do send us emails and tell us that they listen to the podcast and what they want to hear. After our first episode, we did get uh, quite a bit of feedback, and I heard from several people, a bunch in EMS and some other folks in other divisions that said, hey, you know, for us career EMS guys, we feel like we live in a bubble sometimes, and we don't really know a lot about some of our other divisions and what they do. And I've heard that before when we post on Facebook, something uh, special that someone does or highlighting something within the department, and I'll get emails back saying, hey, it would be neat to know more about stuff that we do department-wide. And then I got a few also from folks in other divisions that said basically the same thing. So my first question is, is that true? Yeah, Josh, why are you building a wall around EMS? Oh, man, that's the story of my life. I like to keep it siloed close to the body, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, um, I think it's it's more myoptic this year, um, simply with COVID. I mean, at the stations, we're in isolation. Um, I think the admin's done a good job as far as putting out the uh, target solution, um, conference calls and stuff like that. But um, to be honest with you, it's, it's just it, this year has been worse than before. Um and I don't think anybody intentionally tries to silo that information uh, from anybody else. Um, I want as many people to know what we're doing and what we're capable of. I'm super proud of the division. I'm super sure. proud of the team. Um, we're it's doing, just a reality. And, and of, we're, we're doing amazing things. Reality of day to day. You're doing what you're doing. Um, other people in other uh, special divisions are doing what they're doing. Yeah. And so, okay, good. So it seems like we have a... We're on the right track yeah. for, for this so, month's... Um, well, before we get too into... Do you want to introduce them? They have a yeah. very extensive oh, bios I know. there. Well, this is going to take no. half the, yeah. half the no. podcast, but... Well, Josh does. <clears throat> yeah, Stuart. Stuart's is like, not, not I went to tell. school, I went yeah. to the fire department. Josh sent us a resume. And then Josh is like in a band, and apparently he's a pro surfer. No, I, I snowboard way more than I surf. So who's with us today, Joe? Josh Franson, <laughs> Lieutenant Josh Franson. Yeah, so let's, what, yeah. what's his life about? <laughs> so Josh originally grew up in central Utah. I don't, it's not northern Utah, central Utah. Mm. Uh, military, big difference, man. Big difference, total difference. Military brat, uh, born in Germany, so there's that. Lived outside Boston for a while. We'll get back to that a little bit about being a Bruins fan. I uh, lived all over Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, 
Texas being the first place he's ever lived with no mountains. I guess West Texas doesn't count. That's way too <laughs> much. Come on, man. Those are That's way too much. You know Wait, who, who hey. puts that in a bio? Guadalupe right? I like lakes. This she was the mountains. biggest culture shock of my life moving here. I, I get it. I get it. I so, like a good view. He's a, he's a roadrunner. Went to UTSA, graduated in 01 with his degree in biology and a minor in chemistry. Smart guy. Best thing he ever did was marry Brandy, his high school sweetheart, who provided him with pretty amazing kids. Yeah. Baylor and Atlanta. Uh, went to the Fire Academy class of O2B, which by far is the best class. Two years in ladder 17, promoted, went to EMS, was there for a really long time. Said he had a good partner and a really bad partner. Mm, are we going to get into sorry, that? A great partner, really bad partner. I'm not going to ask which is which, but I, I kind of have some ideas. Then you shouldn't put that in the bio. No, it, See, it, if you it, don't it, want it, that it, on yeah. the show. I, I want that in there don't. because I want the guys to know it was such a contrast from one side to the other. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. my first 18 months were, it was, it was brutal, miserable. man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a question about that. So, um, after you promoted lieutenant, went back to EMS. He's been a member of the MSOU team for over 10 years now, a little over 10 years. Currently, the spec ops moth on the C shift. And then we get into the resume. He's uh, the, uh, don't worry about that. No, stuff. no, no. We're going to talk about this. It's a big deal, man. He's, mm. the, he's the EMS chair for the state of Texas Infectious Disease Response Unit, which obviously you've been a little bit busy with the, uh, with the COVID. Uh, he's also on the advisory board for the state of Texas Tactical Medical Program. He's a big, big surfer. Hunter, I know, likes to snowboard. He does some rock and or roll. I was watching some music heroes. videos. I was actually going to play some oh, of man. your music, but when I got to the lyrics, I went, no, we cannot <laughs> I don't, I don't play that, that song. I don't believe that for a minute. I it's heard, yeah, he's, absolutely he's, he's totally true. Well, I was downloading it. And I'm like, well, we can't have that. So. So, so the thing is, though, every time we say hard luck heroes, you've agreed to pay us $1 per listener. So you're at $17 now, Josh. Oh man. That's yeah, more than yeah. I made in I my know. entire career. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. So that's, that's where Josh is. He's a big Boston Bruins fan. And I will not read this last little mention here where he, uh, disgraces the name of my Colorado avalanche. So we'll just leave it at that. I notice every time I ask anyone to do something for our media operations division, they have something snarky to say about Towards you. Me? Oh yeah. For sure. About you. For sure. I'm just stating they, facts here. Just stating facts. Yeah, he, he mentions there that uh, that my hockey team is not as good. No one as cares his. now. Yeah, we're no, we're losing listeners sorry, right sorry. now. And we're then, losing yeah. listeners. Okay, so there's what is Josh? hockey? There's Josh. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hockey? Stuart. Stuart <laughs> Hendrickson, Mr. Uh, Wildland team himself. Wildland gets a little attention. So and, and they do the craziest stuff. Yeah. So came in the department in uh, January of 2010. Correct. Right? Yeah. Uh, went to ladder 17 as a probie or got off probation. Then went to Wildland. And stay there until 2011. Was that 17 for five years? Promoted, went to EMS. He obviously did not do nearly the EMS tour that Josh Franza did, which an extensive problems. stint of six yes, months. Six hey, months. We're both ladder 17 guys right That's out right. of school. That's true. We got to break that trend. So uh, went to uh, out of EMS, went back to Wildland. From uh, Wildland, he's been on many uh, different deployments, probably all over the state of Texas. Yeah. Obviously, a couple to California, which we're going to hit on today later a little bit. Um, extensive training in Bass Drop at the old fire camp. And working with the state on a lot of prescribed burns, which we're going to talk about a little bit too. So good stuff today, man. Great. So let's start off with um, Wildland, only because I have to say this. So there are so many things that happen in this department, and we're supposed to be like your PR, marketing, PIO folks. And many times we don't even know what y'all are doing until after it's done or we'll see or hear something on someone else's social media account mm-hmm. that you guys have done. And we'd like to highlight 
more of the great things that happen in this department. So, you know, tell us about 2020, because we know you guys deployed a bunch. Right. Yeah. So 2020, man, what a year, right? So 2020 involved all of the COVID stuff. Um, I actually got deployed to the ICF for about three months during out of, out of the year. And so I was there for a while while some other deployments were going around. We had Hurricane Laura come in, right? So we're not just wildland per se. We're like an all hazards kind of thing. So we have our, our Sawyer, which means that it's a SAW certification. So the state will call us up to go help with like mitigating tree hazards and clearing roads that have trees knocked over all of them, uh, all over them. And uh, yeah, so we went to Beaumont when Laura came in. And uh, after that, or before that, another team got sent to West Texas for a wildfire, uh, the McMean fire. And they were out there for, I think, about a little over a week, um, 3,000 acre fire. And 2020 completely changed the way that deployments work, right? You so, guys are pretty heavily involved with Harvey as well, right? With the Sawyer teams going south. Yeah, Harvey. Area. Yeah, 2018 was a, was probably our busiest year. And, you know, wildland is all weather dependent, sure. right? So 2019, not one state request for us. 2018, through the roof. Yeah, it was a busy year. 2020 was a moderately busy year well, in the state. Why do you say it changed deployments? Well, yeah, so yeah, COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, fire camp Talk is no that. longer fire camp. Uh, in 2018, when we were going around the state, you're literally camping in tents or the back of 18 wheelers that are just house 40 to 50 guys, like mm-hmm. a Navy bed ship or Navy ship bed bunk kind of thing. And you don't have that anymore. You're in a hotel room. You're isolated when you're not on your operational period. Um, social distancing at the fire camp interviews and briefings in the morning. And yeah, just going out on the line and trying to maintain socially distanced in the woods. Yeah, the trickle down yeah. all the way to fire so, camp. That's wild. Yeah. I yeah. never even, it sounds so ridiculous, but that never even occurred to me that you would be out there in the forest fighting those crazy fires and have to worry about being socially distanced. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm yeah. thinking about it when you You're guys are back at camp or when, you know, doing other activities, when you actually go out to fight the fires and those fires were crazy and you're yeah. like, whoa, I got to back up from you six feet. <laughs> stay away. This whole forest, this whole town is burning down, but we have to stay socially distanced. I will say on the grand scheme of things in 300,000 acres, it's not super hard to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but I mean, I'm thinking about you and, you know, working with your partners and, and that's just never occurred to me. Yeah. So yeah. that would be, I mean, do we do that in house fires? It's a little masking different. up. You got, you're, you're on air. Yeah. So it's a little different. Yeah. But even after uh, structure fires now, when they're doing the tailboards and yeah, stuff, that's true. we're handing out masks to guys. Yeah, that's and true. Yeah. Spacing that's out. true. And I just asked a really dumb question. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's okay. fine. No, we're used to it. That's we're fine. Yeah. I we're know. all getting yeah. <laughs> it's a completely different world. It, it really is. It is. is. Yeah. So, but just, I mean, realistically, hey, man, a hotel room versus sleeping in an 18-wheeler? Oh, I mean, yeah. No, it was nice. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I mean, getting a controlled environment, yeah. like actually having a bed to sleep on instead of a mm-hmm. cot. So, you know, obviously you're saying- COVID obviously was huge difference in challenges. What else, what were the different challenges being in working in California versus say West Texas? I mean, obviously I heard yeah. elevation, you're working at elevation versus yes. 500 feet here. Yeah. So, I mean, elevation, uh, like breathing capacity wise, wasn't terrible, right? Ele- yeah. um, elevation in California is 2000, 3000 feet. It's not like Colorado when you're getting up into, you know, 7,000 plus, yeah. but, uh, terrain we're flatlanders here in Texas. Right. So when you get into the mountains and you're actually hiking terrain, it really makes you appreciate those guys who do this like day in, day out, hot shots, dig in line, like Billy goats, just 
long term investment. We have mad respect for you guys out there. Uh, like I said, growing up in Idaho, Utah, everybody went and they were wildland firefighters as soon as they turned 18. Yeah. And the work, I mean, even the Sawyer work you guys are doing, it's not your day in, day out. I'm not taking anything away from structure firefighting, sure. but what you guys are having to do physically out there, man, it's just, it's yeah exceptionally demanding. And yeah. then you add it's not always exciting either. And trails yeah. and uneven train. And it's a lot like, I mean, there is similarities to this job, right? It's, it's extremes. So at one yeah. extreme, you're out there and you're cutting trees for 12 hours a day. And then you're going back and you're rehabbing your saws, you're getting your truck ready. So it's like an 18 hour operational period. You get grub, you wash up, you go to bed, you're up at 4.30, 5 in the morning, getting ready to go, getting something to eat for the rest of the day. And you're out there again, cutting yeah. trees for 12 hours a day or digging line. And then on the other side of it, when you get a division that's on the heel of fire, you're just tying in cold lines, you know, yeah. and you're just driving around looking for smokes and jumping out of the truck and digging it out and putting a little bit of water on there and keep going. There was so much devastation there and so many stories I've seen in the media over the last few months about, you know, entire towns being wiped out in people's homes, obviously. What sticks out in your mind from deployment? Like what's something you saw or did that you probably won't ever forget? Yeah. So 2018, the car fire, um, they had that massive fire tornado that rolled through and just devastated a whole town. And we went to the site where the, t the fire tornado actually blew over uh, a firefighter and a dozer and he tried to crawl underneath it and ride it out. It was like a different world, just bare to mineral soil. Wow. The trees that were there were twisted, no limbs on them left. It was just like little sticks that had been gnarled out of the earth and just as far as you can see, I mean, that thing was miles and, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a sobering, you know, humbling sight just to be there at the spot where this guy, you know, lost his life to this mm -hmm. fire yeah. tornado while he was trying to evacuate people. I have a family member that was in Cal fire and left after 2018 mm -hmm. cause he said he was burnt out. Yeah. They've had so many massive fires Yeah, and he's not, he didn't ever strike me as the kind of dude that would give up his firefighting career or to be a quitter, but he was just, they just worked him so much and yeah. he saw yeah. so much tragedy that uh, he just had to move on. There's no such thing as fire season anymore. It no, like it's, it's just year the year. Round now. Yeah. No, so I want to put you on the spot because that's kind of what we do here. Nice. There's lots of opinions on what's causing California fires to be, uh -oh. to grow so bad. Uh, your your uh -oh. expert opinion. Is it, Josh For, likes it, this one. Oh yeah. Is reason. it forest mismanagement? Is it not clearing fuels? Climate what, I mean, change. Yeah. What I mean, what is yeah. it? So that's you're, a, you're that is expert. a loaded mm. question. It's Tell not, the truth. It's not. Just, Should I just want, my we, badge in yeah. now? Or? No, 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 this is a, you're the circle of trust in here, right? <laughs> yeah. In here. Yeah. In here. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, we're going to post the 20, this podcast. Oh, well, 20 people are going to hear it. So it'll be bad. Okay. <laughs> 20 people. Yeah. So, okay. That's three more dollars. You owe me. Oh yeah. Right. Obviously, there's a wider like range of sure. things that cause forest fires, right? Everything from weather to topography to fuel loads. Um, so <laughs> don't give us the oh, Josh sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, bio version of your answer. <laughs> that's like a mile long. Yeah. Just, oh, it's going to be a mile long. That way it can yeah. kind of like cover long the walks in the mountains. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you go through these forests that are still there or have been burnt, you know, decades before and just the litter on the ground and the dead logs, the duff, pine batter, needles, things like that, right? that, that are just staying there yeah. and the logging operations that were there and have just been abandoned because I assume 
regulations have made it a lot less profitable. Sure. So there's cut trees just laying in stacks out in the middle of these forests, fuel loads, jackpots, yeah. uh-huh. you know, That's like. That's kind of what I assume, but I just want to. And they're dead. Having not been there. And it's just yeah. dying. And yeah. And then there's a whole thing with PG&E. And I don't like know this because I was born and raised in California. Lived there most of my life. and Disgraced former Californian. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Hey, I've been in Texas 20 years, so <laughs> I don't count with all the new people coming now. <laughs> we'll get your All medal. the rest of you go back. Yeah. Um, but PG&E had issues. I remember hearing about when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And then with these massive fires, you would hear about how their infrastructure was just so um, neglected. Right. Basically. It's a perfect storm. You, yeah. You, I mean, I haven't seen Did you see either. that? Did you hear that? When I you haven't were there? seen their infrastructure because where okay. I was, we were nowhere near the gotcha. PG&E camp or gotcha. uh, started the fire. We mm-hmm. were, you know, on a different division. Okay. Yeah. So we can, but, we can speculate. I mean, yeah. I will say. So I'm trying to get you out of, you know, there's someone to blame. PG&E. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say the grass is so dry in California yeah. that it looks like if you look at it the wrong way, it's going to ignite. Ooh. Mm. Like I would, it, it was so goldenly brown. I was like, holy cow. That's crazy. So having seen those risks you, that you saw in California and you're right. saying, hey, this is going to burn, what correlation can you draw between California and San Antonio? Are you yeah. seeing the similar issues here in our, our wildland urban interface areas? Yeah. So the Redding area is strangely like going into the hill country, you okay. know, going up I-10, you get to 604, you start seeing the rolling hills. You have that kind of to your east and to your west sides of mm-hmm. 6042. And, and uh, there's a striking, you know, comparison to that as far as, you know, fuel loads we're not as dead and dry as California is, but that's all weather dependent too, yeah. right? We we live on that, you know, meridian of wet and dry line right on San Antonio, right? Yeah. So some years are going to be wet, some years are going to be dry. And uh, 2011, Steiner Ranch fire in Austin, I don't think they expected that to happen. Sure. And so, that ended up burning 100 homes-ish. So in summary, we, we've got to watch our concerns just like they do. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a possibility for awesome. sure. Well, thank you so much for that and your insight and your, your scandalous <laughs> yeah. blaming of PG. Yeah. Oh no, that was Woody. <laughs> so before we, we move on and hear uh, from our EMS friend today, anything you want to say to the field? I mean, this is kind of your chance to be, you know, here to represent your division uh, based on the premise that we all agreed on in the beginning that some people feel like they don't get to hear about what other people are doing out in the field. So yeah, if you had to uh, wrap up, for sure. A message um, to your brothers and sisters out there. Like everyone else, you know, call us early. We can only be of so much help if we get to a scene early enough to help. Um, other than that, if you're interested, give us a call. We'll tell you what we're doing. You know, we'll, we're trying to get programs going for, you know, structural training, wildland urban interface stuff. If and, you want to uh, work in North Corpus Christi, fighting yeah. 53s, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Freshest shrimp in town. Freshest shrimp <laughs> in town. And there next you time go. you guys deploy... Call and let us know. Yeah, that's a quick. That's a. Quick I don't thing. want to find out about it again by watching the news at home at night, you know, or yeah. looking at someone else's Facebook page. Definitely, right? <laughs> we're here. We're here to uh, highlight all the good things that you guys do. So we appreciate um, you coming in, but you get to stay while we. Yeah, we, yeah sounds great. We harass the interjections our next on guest. Josh. Man, good intro. I like the harassment part. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. I love to harass. <laughs> EMS. Let's talk about you and your world. EMS this year. All right. And uh, obviously COVID, but we, we feel like we've talked about COVID, COVID, COVID. Um, and I know you guys are always uh, working on uh, amazing things uh, here in this department. So what are the things you can tell us? N- not really COVID. Not really COVID. Yeah. Um, 
it's been an amazing year. Uh, whole blood, you know, I think we've really revolutionized pre-hospital medicine. Everybody's looking here to see things. Um, and we're, we're continually just advancing and pushing the envelope and doing things that it just amazes me. You know, the last two years has probably been the most excited I've been to be in the fire department since I was a rookie coming into the department. I mean, just the evolution of EMS, what we're doing in the pre-hospital setting is just... Congressional Fire Service EMS System of the Year. I mean, let's say it. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I'm going to get a lot of backlash for it. That's okay. I honestly believe... Why? Why would you get backlash? For this next statement. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Drum roll. I I honestly believe that we are an EMS-based fire system. I mean, when you look at the numbers and what we're we're doing out there, um, and I've always believed that, but it's just... It's, you know, that's not just us. That's the fire service as a whole. Yeah. No, no. I'm I'm talking across the board. That's, 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 that's I mean, in in our office, we answer 10 to one questions about EMS runs than fires. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying the fire aspect or either one because both sides were, we're both doing it. You know, if you look at the daily call outs every day as to what we're doing, 87% on average. I mean, yeah, I don't know the numbers, but Joe throw out some more stats. I like it. There you go. (laughs) That's why they pay me. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, um, we made an amazing run uh, a few weeks back with one of the uh, fellows that was here, um, found a patient, uh, unknown downtime, stab, large stab wound, probably three to four inch incision in the chest, uh, abdomen going into the chest, asystolic. Um, we performed the first out of hospital uh, clamshell thoracotomy. Um, I don't know what that is. So they, you got to remember with the guys from MSOU and, uh, medic four, I believe it was, um, or medic five, uh, they opened the chest, opened the pericardium, removed the blood clot that was in there. We transfused blood directly into the right ventricle, massaged the heart, brought the patient back with a pulse with a BP, um, continued with his heart outside of his chest, beating all the way to Samsi. I mean, Dropped the mic, walked away. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Those, those, those are the those are the things that are just absolutely unreal. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, you know, and the tools and stuff that they've provided us, and the direction we're letting us go. I mean, for the last several years, it's just been the perfect storm. I mean, we have amazing medical directors. Uh, uh, we'll talk about both that of them. Yeah, and uh, see, I think he just gave the segue. No, man. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. I got a couple more questions. And then oh, I, then so you kind of learn how this broadcasting thing works. <laughs> All right. So I Sometimes you have your plan. You have your plan, but How's when it? someone delivers you the setup, you got to take it. Oh, sorry. From the disgruntled that could be an early hot seat. radio career. Yeah. Is that an early hot seat? We could give them the hot seat. We, we could go ahead and do that. We well, could. You know what? Hey. Oh. A hot seat or no? Not yet. No, okay. Right, there's good questions, man. And then, but then this or that hot seat. You get really jumpy on the buttons. Relax, man. I just like to keep momentum. Right, we're moving it. Uh-huh. So you, you mentioned, Josh, that <laughs> things are great in EMS. You know, things are, so. But honestly, I'm not. I'm not saying everything is great. This, yeah, just, yeah this, is, this has been an we're amazingly trying year, medics. and I can't. I mean, I can't commend uh, the men and women that are out there day in day out doing it. Our numbers are through the roof. They're yeah. working in stressful environments. Mm-hmm. We're having to socially isolate and dumping lots of runs on fire. I'm out. Right, man. <laughs> Somebody's got to pick up the slack. But but it's not it's not just that. I mean, if you look at the way that we've had to augment and assist Metro Health, sure. all the yeah. things that we've done across the board, across the state of Texas, it's just. I mean, so you might have, you might have answered my question. Five right. years ago, six years ago, people were trying to get out of EMS every day. Yeah, that's not really happening anymore. There's not a mass exodus like there was. What's keeping no. them there? 
I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, I would like to think that, uh, the officer staff and stuff that's out there sure. and supporting them. I think the medical direction that we have. Yeah, pat yourself on I, the back, whatever you need to do. No, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not. It's, <laughs> no, I, I know what there, you're There has been a huge evolution in the medic officer uh, roles, responsibilities, yep. of what we do day in, day out. And um, that's what keeps me excited about it. So, you know, that's so let's I, talk about rollouts. You know, good Sam, EQ3. Do you think telemedicine is, is where we're headed for field medicine? I think to an certain, extent, to, to an extent, absolutely. Anything we can do to alleviate, because if you ask the most people that are out there on the box, um, nobody complains about making the cardiac arrest, yeah, sure. making the bad traumas. That's, that's it's what the, we it's the knee up. pain for three weeks. Yeah. That's yeah. the, that's the stuff that just grinds on you. You know, sure. it's just an accumulative effect. And so if we can do stuff to lessen to that, that yeah. and, you know, do the telemedicine piece, especially in a time of COVID, you know, um, and just our share run volume. I know last several weeks, it's just been through the roof. I mean, you know, with yeah. units having to decon after every run, COVID mm-hmm. numbers going up, everything that's happening. I mean, it's wearing on everybody, especially yeah. in that world when you're right there. Absolutely. Yeah. And initially I didn't mean, you know, to exclude COVID from the entire conversation, no, but I'm glad I got that it. story from you about that great save. Well, because obviously yeah. you can't take COVID out of anything that's happened over the last year. No. So. And we've, and that, I mean, that's just one in a plethora of things that I've seen, you know, I've been, I was a paramedic for years before I got in the fire department, worked both in the pre-hospital and the hospital setting. And after you see things over and over and over, you just, you intuitively know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. occasionally that rare one will, you know, be an anomaly, an outlier that, you know, it's different than what you predict is going to happen on these poor outcomes. And in the last two years, I have seen stuff that I knew wholeheartedly shouldn't be the results of it. And we have people walking away from it. It'll I mean, and, and that's, that's what's invigorating and exciting. You Reignites know, to that me. fire. Yeah. And so, so in your opinion, biggest game changer, one thing in, since you've been in EMS is you go whole blood, you go MIH, you go telemedicine. What, what's your single, if you had to pick one single game changer? Oh, whole, whole blood. There's, there's no blood. question for it. I mean, I'm not taking away from those other aspects. Uh, sure. EMS has evolved the last six years, leaps and bounds. Yeah. I mean, when I joined the fire department, um, on, I'll be honest, we were the laughing stock of the areas that were around here. Our protocols were antiquated. Our treatment modalities were so far behind the curve. I mean, I took a job at the health science center to teach over there so I could stay up on my skills. Yeah. What was asked of me at a private ambulance was significantly less than uh, what I was being allowed to do here. And when you tried to go above and beyond that, you were you were stifled and you were shut down. And that was just, that, that was the grind for me when I was in EMS. Yeah. And leadership changes, leadership advancements, changes. everything oh, yeah. changes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. What well, do you can hit your hot, hot seat? Wait, no. ready. Okay. But oh, are you man. giving him this or that? This or that. Okay. Cause that's kind of a hot seat, but give him this or that. And then we'll move. We well, gave Stuart the hot seat with the uh, controversial question, but you were slow yeah. on the buttons. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get into politics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Religion and politics. Stay tuned. Okay. Stay okay. Stage okay two. So let's, they're let's both go. getting the hot seat. <laughs> All right. Josh is getting this or that. I don't, but we've made it the hot seat. Just the move hot, along. Hot seat, Momentum, this or that. Joe. Momentum. Right, Josh, let's do it. Let's take it to the next level. No thinking about it. You just got to answer. You're a big punk rock guy. Ramones? Social distortion. Ramones. Okay. Because without Ramones, you wouldn't have social distortion. See, that would have been my... Dude, yeah. Damn. We got to play. I'm a drummer. All right. I'm a good drummer. Ish. I'm a horrible guitar player, so we'll do that's great. What I'm, <laughs> that's what punk is all about. One good musician in the whole band. 
We're Boston still looking Bru- for him. All right, you ready? Yeah. Boston Bruins, Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go, go, black and gold, man. Bruins. Oh, you're crazy. That's good. It's good because everybody hates Matraska anyways. <laughs> All right, last two are going to be good. Miramontes or Winkler? Oh. Oh. I'm going with Winkler. Oh. Okay. Simply because he's my team's doc. Yeah. Okay. Not taking anything away from either one of them. We so, are so blessed to have both. Next week, we're going to have Miramontes in here being like, that Branson, he makes fun of my voice. Oh like John Lovitz, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, last one. This is uh, harken back to the uh, the academy days for you. 50 oh, mountain climbers or two-hour one-on-one session on hydraulics with Louis Esquivel. Oh, I'm definitely going mountain climbers, <laughs> yeah. man. Mountain climbers. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's that it. That one made right. no sense to me. Yeah, it'll make sense about half the department. Okay, yeah, so. thanks. And well, that, 50, that's the way we build an audience, yeah, right? Joe. That's the way you that's build an audience. That's how you get 50-something people to listen. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, so hot seat really for both, but we'll have uh, Stuart go first. So, right. and this is this is going to wrap up this uh, podcast for January, so. Is this hotter than the uh, What Causes oh, yeah, that California Wildfires? Yeah. So January, First Responders Cancer Awareness Month. And I've heard from lots of people that because of COVID and everything that's been happening this year, that um, the cancer awareness has not been talked about a lot. Do you guys agree with that? Just quick yes or no? Yeah, I haven't heard much about cancer awareness this month. Okay, so uh, the hot seat question is, do you think the department has done a good job or could do or has done, uh, or could do better, I guess I should say. I better be careful here. Have they done a good job with the cancer awareness initiatives, or would you like to see uh, more? Man, I'm going to go off and say there's always room for improvement, right? But the initiatives that they have take, taken, the Clean Cab initiative, um, the, the videos that they've rolled out with people in our own department that have suffered from cancer, mm-hmm. um, I mean... They have brought a light bunker, to bunker it. Bunker gear switch out after fires. Yeah, bunker gear switch out after yeah. fires. Uh, all the stuff, making stations a little more like we diesel hear rumblings of complaints. True or not true? I, I think you're always going to have people that complain. It's the fire department. It's, it's, it's a fire department. Yeah, we're going to complain. Okay. We only have 1,500 opinions, so I'm sure yeah. they, they yeah. all align. You give them a million dollars, they'll be like, why didn't you give me two? I can tell you from my <laughs> side, um, I get to see a lot of other departments and what they're doing and- Again, I'm going to echo here. Uh, there's always room for improvement. But, you know, uh, a lot of it's kind of the backlash. When we first got the fire wipes and things like that, guys weren't using them in rehab. I'm, I see it there. Now I see them using it all the time. You know, people used to complain about having the quartermaster have to come. They couldn't just get back to the station. Now nobody's complaining and doing it. You go back to the station, people are doing the initiatives. They're doing the steps that we're putting in place. Um, so I, I see those things being enacted and uh, they're being done, and it's become commonplace. It's not the outliers that we're, you know, kind of seeing. So, yeah. yeah. And, Stuart, would you agree with that? I mean, it, do you see more participation? Yeah, definitely. I mean, wet decon from, you know, when it started to fire wipes and all that kind of stuff after the structure fires to mm-hmm. changing gear out and actually enabling us to have a clean, dry set of gear after that instead of using wet gear for another fire. Like, I think it's moving in the right direction for sure. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's all we had for you two today. And I apologize because we were supposed to have a gift for all of our guests after uh, the first episode. The gifts are on order. So we will track um, you down, dazzle you with the um, very mediocre, uh, half thought out gift idea that we're going to give. 
everyone that makes time to come into the studio. So, no, it's not yeah. a mask. It's no. not another COVID. The it's 20, not a branded the COVID mask. Gift of the year. Joe no. told me he had a pocket full of something. Uh, oh, yes. That's always for Josh. Man. Uh, guys, thanks. Uh, we appreciate it. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank we you want so to remind much. everybody listening that, again, the show is driven by what you guys want to hear. Our email is firepio at sanantonio.gov. Firepio at sanantonio.gov. I might as well ask you guys real quick who would you like to hear? on a future podcast. If we were going to keep up this theme about getting different divisions in to talk to the rest of the department, who would you want? Quick. Oh man, I'd love to hear Dr. Marimontis after oh, Josh. After Josh there. throws him under the bus. Yeah. 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 I'd love to hear that too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd like to see where you have, you have EMS and fire dueling it out on here and getting the perspectives from both sides, because I honestly, I don't have the fire perspective that I once had and vice versa. Okay. Yeah. You know? And we appreciate on the feedback, we appreciate names. So anyone in the field listening to this, firepio at sanantonio.gov, tell us you know what you want to hear and who you want in the studio, who you want to hear from, because uh, that's how we got your names. And that's how we got the names um, from our first episode. So we're going to keep going with the feedback from the field. You must have got it from the restroom. I was going to say. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know who your source is. And we're done. <laughs> This has been the latest production of San Antonio Fire Department Heat. For comments or show suggestions, you can email us at firepio at sanantonio.gov. I'm Jamie Martin. Thanks for listening.